The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. The Reverend Derek B. Wells is our Senior Minister, and our founder is the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman. I've been off for a few weeks, so I'm glad to be back teaching. Today we are covering still the book, The Eye of the Storm by Gary Simmons. I'm on Chapter 8 now. Chapter 8 is Living on Purpose. So hopefully being off a couple of weeks, you've had an opportunity to read ahead, read, finish the book, work with the aware questions, et cetera, because I really believe that this book is a life changer. If you actually work with the principles that uh, Gary wrote in this book, then I really believe that you can have monumental transformation in your life, not just transformation, monumental transformation, because it really helps to go within and start to have some really good, reflective, critical uh, thinking about our lives and where we are in tune with our spiritual nature and where we still need some help. Now, I'm not saying that everybody gets it like it's a utopia. What I am saying is when we consistently pull ourselves back to the center, when we constantly pull ourselves back to the eye of the storm, what ends up happening is we start to see life differently. So this is about a complete shift in consciousness, a complete transformation. So today, as we are working with the book, The Eye of the Storm, and again, for those who might be hearing this show for the first time, the book, The Eye of the Storm, the capital I, not E-Y-E, capital I of the Storm, is a book written by Gary Simmons, who is a unity minister, and by the way, he will be on the show on November 18th, November 18th. As we recap the book, Gary, uh, Reverend Gary Simmons will come on the show and talk about how you, how you and I can practically apply what God wrote through him. And he'll take your questions. So mark that on your calendar that, that the author of the book, the Reverend Gary Simmons, will be on the show and I will interview him and allow questions to be asked by the audience live so you can 
get all of the answers that you desire. So please make sure you take advantage of actually having the author of the book on the show. Don't forget that. So let's go to page 116, Living on Purpose. He wrote, Purpose is you are. The third attribute of wholeness is purpose. Purpose is the eye of the storm of competing values, goals, and needs. Now, remember, in a previous chapter, we talked about how conflict many times comes up out of competing values, competing goals, and competing needs, competing values. You know, this is what I think is right. This is what I think is wrong. This is what I think should happen, et cetera, et cetera. Goals, meaning, you know, what we're trying to achieve. People can have different goals, many times based upon how they see life. People have different needs. I need this. You need that, et cetera. And when those things compete, conflict can come forth out of the competing values, goals, and needs. So purpose is the eye of the storm. Remember, the eye of the hurricane is calm, even though the winds around it are raging. Purpose is the eye of the storm of competing values, goals, and needs. Purpose is the universe's intention to be through you, the presence of God. Now, I love that. Purpose is the universe's intention to be through you, through me, through us, the presence of God. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. That's why we're all here. You know, in the UFBL Universal Foundation for Better Living statement of statements of faith, the first one is we believe that it is God's will that every individual on the face of this earth should live a healthy, happy and prosperous life. Now, I taught all of these on a previous episode. You can go through the archives and find them. But I love that because that statement says to me that God, divine mind, universal intelligence, whatever term you want to use has an intent, and that intent or will for me, for you, is absolute good, and we express that absolute good as being the presence of God through living a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. In other words, you show up to be the wholeness of God in the space that you're in. He goes on to say, you exist because purpose is. What is the universe's intention Intention that seeks to live through you? In unity, we call purpose the Christ of God meaning the whole and complete expression of God. So your purpose, according to the author and according to unity metaphysics, is to be the Christ of God. He says it plainly. Your spiritual purpose is to be the Christ of God, the Christ of your world. Jesus was the Christ of his world. You are the Christ of your world. Any lesser purpose is sure to create conflict in your life. Now, just stop and ponder what it means to say, I am the Christ of my world. Now, we get caught up. We're like, oh, my God, that's sacrilegious. It's blasphemous. No, it's not. Because the word Christ from the Christos, the Greek, anointed, You ought to be the anointing of God in your space. From the Hebrew Messiah, it's all saying the same thing. It's talking about the anointing, the anointing that comes along with the appointing. And we are appointed because we are pre-approved by God. We showed up here pre-approved with the power to express God itself. 
So you are, I am supposed to be the Christ of God in my life, in your life, in our lives. That's why we show up. So he goes along, he goes on and says on the next page, the entire universe supports you in being the Christ of God in your world. The entire universe is conspiring for you to express your Christ nature. And conspiring don't mean, oh, my God, it's a conspiracy theory. What I mean by that is every situation and experience is an opportunity for you to express the Christ. It's it. He writes it this way. Every challenge, every difficulty, every temptation is an opportunity to shift your attention and awareness to the question. What is my purpose in this situation? In other words, why am I here? Every challenge, every difficulty, every temptation asks you the question, who are you really? Who are you really? Am I just the person I see in the mirror that that might have a physical body that I like or dislike based upon how much weight is on it or not on it, based upon characteristics the world tells me I'm supposed to have, based upon where my hair is or isn't, uh, based upon how much money I have or don't have, based upon what type of job or career I have, based upon who I'm hooked up with or not hooked up with, all these variables, because that's who we think we are. But that's not, but that's not, purpose that's not your spiritual nature that's not the christ god's idea of itself so the author goes on and writes jesus asks the disciples who do people say that i am now that's a good question who do people say that i am by the way that's a very good question to ask in general because sometimes we don't know how we're perceived in our space and that's a good question to ask in general, but that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. This is talking about it from the spiritual point of view. Peter, representing faith, said to Jesus, you are the Christ, son of the living God. To that response, Peter said, Jesus said to Peter, on this rock, on, this, on the perception that the I am is the Christ of God, on this faith realization, because only because faith perceives the truth. On this faith perception, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Now again, that's metaphorical talk because people read that. Oh God, that see, Jesus even taught hell. No, he's basically saying no error, no misconceptions, no misinterpretations about what is true of God, what is the what is true in spirit can stand against. This perception that I am in you is the Christ of God. See, the reason, see, Jesus so magnificently expressed the Christ that people can't think about him separated from it. You know, uh, Reverend Coleman used to tell us that the Christ is the title of divine sonship. She wasn't using that as a gender term, but get the point, the title of divine sonship. So when you real, it's, it's one thing to be Christ in purpose and potential. It's another thing to better express 
the Christ potential. See, when you show up, the Christ power, the Christ love, the Christ wisdom, the Christ supply, the Christ life should show up. What does that mean? That means being an agent of healing, an agent of love, an agent of wisdom and understanding, an agent of healing, an agent of power. When you show up, things move. Stuff happens. An agent of substance. In other words, when you show up, when people didn't see possibility, when people didn't see supply, when people didn't see resources, you see resources. Because you're not seeing through the human eyes. You're seeing through the perception of being the Christ. God's idea of itself. The book goes on to say, life asks you the same question every moment that your life is on the line. And I would say every moment, period. Who are you really? Go ahead, say it. I am the Christ, child of the living God. Say it again. I am the Christ, child of the living God. He says, that wasn't so bad, was it? The roof didn't cave in. Lightning lightning didn't strike you dead. Because we think, oh, my God, it's blasphemous to say this. Now. Wisdom says you don't go around having random conversations with people who don't understand metaphysics telling people you're the Christ. That's ridiculous. Why? One, the term is so consistently used with the man Jesus that it would be insultive to many Christians to walk around saying, "Okay, yeah, well, you believe in Jesus, but I'm the Christ and you're the Christ, too. This isn't about conversations with other people. This is about the demonstration of the Christ in your life. You know, sometimes we get so zealous, like our fundamentalist brothers and sisters, that we run out and we're challenging people to be right and make them wrong. But God isn't limited to any religious or philosophical belief system. Anybody who earnestly seeks to know God in them will know it, even if they don't recognize it's God in them. Anyway, moving on, the book goes on to say, you see, until you take complete ownership of your purpose to be the Christ of God, the Christ of your world, you will not find inner peace or wholeness. You know, this is really key because we can get all up in our feelings. I've said this before on the show that, you know, My feelings count. Yes, your feelings count, but that don't mean your feelings are accurate. And it also doesn't mean that your feelings will necessarily drive you or bring you to a realization of the truth that you desire. If you allow your mind to go any kind of place or anywhere and you allow your feelings to go all over the place, next thing you know, you're living in that state. That state. You know, uh, Tony Robbins, the, you know, world renowned transformational speaker and coach and etc always talks about being in a state what state state of consciousness where your mental emotional and physical way of being in any particular thing determines how things happen for you so if you're all up in your feelings about something you're not using using hear me using your feelings to help you get to the place you desire that's why Reverend Ike's taught feeling gets the blessing. Be careful what you put your feelings into. I'm not saying that if you're hurt, 
you're not acknowledging your hurt. If it's conversation you need to have with people that you dismiss, just dismiss your feelings, dismiss your frustration, dismiss whatever. I'm saying get to the bottom of it, address it, clean it up so you can go forward. Don't get stuck in a state that you don't want to be in. And here's the thing. When you're a person of influence, whether through position or through your uh, contributions to people's lives, or you're just one of those powerhouse people that show up. Everybody's a powerhouse and potential, but some people express it more than others. When you show up with your uh, disposition that's out of order, it influences a lot of people. If you're managing, leading people, and you show up and your consciousness is not in order, it influences a lot of people. When you and your family uh, when you bring certain levels of states of consciousness home or to work or with your family or siblings or whatever or friends, it influences people. Get your act together. You're supposed to be the Christ of God in your life. Stop allowing your mind to take you where you don't want to go. See, you know, when I was when I was a kid, there used to be this song out and. It was, and the lyrics, what part of the lyric, lyrics of the song was, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Sometimes you have to check yourself. Because if you don't check yourself, you'll wreck yourself. And ask yourself an honest question. Where, what aspects of my life need checking right now? I need to check it. I need, I, you know, because if I keep allowing this to go to where it's going, it's going to ruin some stuff. Or oh, it's ruining things right now in my life and things have gotten out of hand. It's just something to think about. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Now, before we go up to our first break, I want to remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, go to unity.fm, www.unity.fm, and click on the donate button to help support this online ministry that is going all over the world. I get messages and emails from people in Africa and and in Mexico and the West Indies and Canada, not to mention all over the United States, etc. So this message is getting out. Help support it. But don't forget that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Make sure you click it on Facebook, like it, and share it with others. God bless. We will be right back with Truth Transforms. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. At 
the base of all life is the infinite wellspring of Source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that Source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Reverend Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're still on page 117, so we need to uh, keep it moving. All right, so bottom of that page, it says, I know what you you must be thinking. You don't feel, you feel worthy enough to consider yourself on the same level as Jesus. Well, don't fret. You're probably not on the same level as Jesus, but you are on the same journey. That is a beautiful sentence. You you might not be on the same level. You're probably not on the same level. But you're on the same journey. The journey from human, uh, the awareness of human consciousness to the awareness of Christ consciousness. You're on the same journey. You're on the same journey of discovering the power within you. You're on the same journey of awakening to your true spiritual potential. You're on the journey to awakening to the purpose of being the Christ of God. So he he wrote, you are in the process of awakening to God's idea of you. Jesus is your role model, your elder brother. This is why in, in New Thought, you'll hear people say Jesus is the way shore. They use that term because wayshore just means somebody who's gone before to pave a way. You know, instead of Jesus did it all, he did it on the cross. I don't have to do anything. I just got to believe in him and God accepts me. Well, God never, you were never in a position of not being accepted. But that's not the purpose of this show today. Um, I, I dealt with that concept and all of those things uh, about the cross and resurrection and crucifixion and all of that type of stuff in the series on discover the power within you. So if you want to hear what new thought teaches and my position on how new thought teaches uh, the cross and resurrection and all of that material, go back to discover the power within you and listen to those shows. I cover Jesus in great detail. Anyway, moving on. He goes on to say that, event, but eventually you will see that everything in you longs to be about this purpose. Jesus called it his father's business. You wouldn't be reading this if you weren't already far into your spiritual journey. In other words, for whatever reason, in your soul, if you're reading books like this and tuning in to shows like 
this one. Your soul is ready for its next paradigm shift. It's, it's, it's awakening to, to higher purpose. And what I'll say is something that maybe is only used in business terms. In business, anytime a new idea is brought into a community or culture, they have what people call early adopters. So normally you have early adopters, you know, normally that might be 10%, you know, and then there's the mass of people who once the early adopters grow to a certain point, they start to shift because the early adopters influence the larger mass. And then there's people who fight kicking and screaming. It doesn't make a difference how good the change is, how many people buy into it. Uh, they normally get it much later than everybody else. Now, you can look at any culture and see that. It is, uh, you, you, it could be family, it could be multiple business ideas, it can be music, it can be art, it can be TV, it can be movies, it can be people walking around with, uh, cell phones from 15 years ago talking about they're not going to get a smartphone. You know, <laughs> but anyway, let me leave that alone. Uh, the, the the point that I'm making is your soul is an early adopter. It's, it's, it's open to the shift and it's part of the transformation of human consciousness. This is why you getting it is so important because the more the as more and more people awaken to the truth of who they are, the more it shifts the totality of human consciousness. Now you say, well, what difference does it make if if the majority of the bulk of the people are not getting it? How much salt does it take to change a meal or pepper or any seasoning? Sometimes you're making a bill, oh, this just needs a pinch more of this and a pinch more of that. And that can be, and that can make all the difference in the meal. Whereas we put a Every time somebody starts to awaken and live from their Christ nature, that's a pinch here, a pinch there that transforms everything. We need to be mindful of that. So the book goes on to say, and I do want to state this because I didn't say it earlier. If you want to call in and ask a question, you can do that. Call in to 888-558-6489, 6489. All right. Page 118. The way, the truth, and the life. This is your spiritual job description. Your purpose for living. It is your job to be the way, the truth, and the life. Just like Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man uh, comes to the Father but by me. Now we look at that as, oh my God, Jesus is the only way to God. That's how it's been traditionally taught. But when we take it a little deeper and get into the metaphysical principles of that scripture, we recognize if, if Jesus was, was manifesting and teaching from the Christ consciousness, then the Christ of God, God's idea of itself is, is the way you realize God. 
So if you want to find God, you don't find God through another individual. You don't find God through the book. You don't find God through this radio show or any other audio or video program. You find God through the Christ of your own soul. So how can you find God except for the God that your soul can understand and acknowledge? But until you really start to get in contact with your own spiritual nature, then it's very difficult to say you have a comprehension of this totality, this ultimate reality that we call God, this cosmic consciousness that builds and creates universes, physical and spiritual. We don't even know how big the universe is. We don't even know how many galaxies there are. We don't even know how many solar systems there are. Just think about that. And you are the self-expression of that intelligence. Moving on. Next paragraph. You are the way, the truth, and the life of God. This is what it means to be the Christ. This is what it means to live from your wholeness. And I love the next sentence. He says, you may think that in order for you to be whole or feel good about yourself, you need to recover from, from an illness or an addiction. Get over a failed relationship, lose 30 pounds, quit smoking, finish therapy or be forgiven by your children. None of that has to do with your wholeness and worth. Thank God. Your wholeness and worth are grounded solely in the expression of God's presence through you. In other words, that doesn't mean that you don't need to humanly handle your responsibilities and situations. But that has nothing to do with your worth. It has nothing to do with your wholeness. You're the Christ of God. You're here, you're, you're here in a physical, you are physically incarnated to be the Christ of God in expression. The way of God, page 119. Say to yourself, I am the way of God. You are the way of God or you're either the way, he said you are either the way of God or you are in the way of God. The moment I read this sentence, you are the way of God or you are in the way of God, it registered so deeply in my mind that I've never forgotten it. The very first time I read it, I said, oh, my God, you are either the way of God or you are in the way of God. So you're either expressing your Christ nature or you're arresting, adulterating and frustrating. And I don't mean frustrating literally. So please let me not even use the word frustrate because that has its own context. The Christ of God. In other words, you're interfering with the flow. So when you show up with, with your own idiosyncrasies that interfere with the Christ being love, life, love, wisdom, power, and substance in your life, just realize you're in the way of God. When you show up, peace should show up. When you show up, transformation should show up. People should be able to feel and know at a deep level. One way or another, here's the thing about truth that's really kind of funny that people sometimes don't like to acknowledge. When you show up as the Christ of God in your space, when you show up as conscious truth, 
people are either attracted to it very strongly or they're repelled by it because something, your light disturbs the error in their souls. So you can really, really turn someone on, and I don't mean that in the biblical sense, turn someone on, and that can happen too. I mean, they get you know, they, they, they feel the compassion, love, and grace of God. They feel your power. They Something about you, they feel it. Or it repels them. Completely, sometimes disgust the person. They don't even want to see you coming. Why? Because it's disturbing something in their own souls. There's something funny about that, you know. That's weird. It's your job to stay in your space in both instances. So, one, your ego doesn't get promoted and and your head gets so big you can't walk in the door. On the other end, not to allow people's perception of you shining your light to interfere with the shining of your light. In other words, don't get caught up in that drama and trauma. What they think about you is none of your business. None of your business. Be mindful of that. What they think about me is none of my business. Just like Terry Cole Whitaker wrote over 30 years ago in that book she wrote. What you think about me is none of my business. All right, back to the book. He wrote, your entire being is created to be an expression of God. Everything real in you gives expression to God. Sometimes, however, you are in the way of God expressing through you. It's important for you to know the difference between you when you are being the way of God and when you are in the way of God. And he gives you clues. He says, here's a hint. If you are judging, blaming, fearful, dishonest, unwilling, unforgiving, doubting, stubborn, unkind, or just plain negative, you're likely in the way of God. And that could be hazardous to your health, your mental health, and your physical health. Let me add your financial health. Let me add your relational health. Let me add your career health. All right. So moving on. He he wrote on page 120. Uh, Now, let me jump over that. Page 121. Bottom of the page. You are the way of God when you love unconditionally and accept people as they are. That's a key point. You are the way of God when you love unconditionally and accept people as they are. Now, that doesn't mean everybody has to be in your space. That doesn't mean that forgiveness means reconciliation. That doesn't mean that uh, you just walk around with people who are not accountable and responsible for what they say they're going, who who they say they are, and who, and what they say they will do. It just means you love people for who they are. And when you love people for who they are unconditionally, you can free people to be who they need to be, even if that that means they're not in your space. You know, many times we get upset because we have expectations 
that are unrealistic when it comes to people. People will be who they choose to be. Love them and let them do their own thing. My grandmother used to tell me when I was a little boy that some people you got to love with a long-handled spoon. And that was her way of saying you got to love them from a distance. All right, move on. Moving on. He goes on to say, this stance of being the way of God is the eye and the storm of interpersonal difficulty. When you move from the circumference to your center, excuse me, you move from the circumference to your center when you ask the question, what does being the way of God look like in this situation? What does the way of God look like in this situation? How do I show up as the way of God in this situation? How am I interfering with the way of God in this situation? How, you know, uh, how, how would God, as I understand, show up in this space? This is what the intent behind what would Jesus do? Remember that movement in the 90s when people would wear the wristbands and you saw it on T-shirts? What would Jesus do? Well, metaphysically, Jesus symbolizes or represents the understanding use of the Christ potential. So what would this understanding use of your Christ potential do in this situation? See, it still works. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? What would this awareness, what would this consciousness that you are the Christ of God doing this situation. See how it you can still play with that? Not just with Jesus, the man, the uh, Joseph and Mary's son who grew up in Nazareth and who was a carpenter before he became, you know, now obviously the founder of a world religion. You know, uh, it's something to think about. Anyway, we're coming up on our second break. So, again, if you have a question, please call in at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. We'll be right back with Truth Transform. notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio.
Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're on page 122 of the book, The Eye of the Storm. Now we're talking about the truth of God. Another question you can ask is, what is the truth about this situation? That's a really good question to pull your mind back from appearances. Remember, Jesus said, judge not according to appearances, but judge righteous judgment. You have to pull yourself back. And this is one of the questions that you can use. What is the truth about this situation? He goes on to say in that same paragraph, it is your job to be the wit- a witness to the truth of God. It is my job to be a witness to the truth of God. Not the appearance. My job is not to be a witness to nonsense. My job is to be a witness to the truth of God. It is your job to be a witness to the truth of God. He goes on to say the truth of God is the eye of the storm of emotional upset and confusion. You are the truth of God. Say it to yourself. I am the truth of God. What you are doing when you are the truth of God and and how it is that you when you are the truth of God, it is no different. Excuse me. Let me start over. What are you doing when you are the truth of God? And how is it that when you are the truth of God, it is no different than if Jesus was being the truth of God in the same situation? There is no difference because God is. And just like God can heal through Jesus, God can heal through you. Just like God can supply through Jesus, God can supply through you. Just like God can bring peace through Jesus, God can bring peace through you. Bottom line, just like God could teach through Jesus, God can teach through you. Because God isn't limited to individual expression. He goes on to say, you are the truth of God when you are a witness to the activity of or presence of God in the situation. When you see God in the situation, you are being the truth of God. Jesus said, blessed are, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. See God. He goes on to say, what is true in all circumstances is God's presence. Mm. 
And I love this. He says, your witness to this truth is an essential ingredient in the demonstration of absolute good. Your eyes and mental faculties may not see beyond the sight, sounds, and emotions of the moment, but your awareness of principle and your faith enable you to hold the space of infinite possibilities open to the activity of spirit. Your witnessing to God and giving voice to principle bring comfort and hope to those who are in bondage to appearances. So when you can stand on truth, not only does it transform you, it gives hope and brings comfort for those who might not have that awareness. He goes on to say, Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. This is how you know that you are being the truth of God. Your witnessing frees you to see the situation as fluid, organic, responsive to the power of prayer. Knowing the truth frees the situation to become an ingredient in God's plan of good. I'll just say it this way. Anytime you are in bondage to any particular experience or situation is some truth that you don't know in that situation. Because you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Known truth frees. So if it's any bondage in any situation, that means it's a truth that is not understood. The truth of God is not understood in that experience. Don't beat yourself up. Don't kick yourself in the behind. We all are growing and evolving, evolving and in the process of becoming. As James Dillard Freeman wrote in the, in the book, uh, the case for reincarnation, he, he wrote that we are perfect, but not perfected. Okay, the Christ in me is perfect, but my awareness of it is not. But please don't allow yourself to skip around and not address the ideal. And the ideal is you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And if you're in bondage to any particular experience right now, in that situation in your life, there's a truth that you don't understand. Because you're the way, the truth, and the life of God. All right, back to the book. Next paragraph. As the Christ of your world, it is your purpose to be a witness to the activity and presence of God. And he gives the example of the of the man Jesus met at Bethsaida that had been there 38 years waiting by the pool. And it says at the bottom of page 123, Jesus said to the man, do you want to be made well? Jesus was a witness to the truth of God living in this man as the principle of wholeness. His question called the man out. Rise, take up your bed and walk. Jesus's witnessing of the truth freed the man to embrace his wholeness and worth. So, in other words, Jesus wasn't seeing a man that had been there for 38 years. Jesus only wanted to know one thing. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be whole? And if you do, get up. But I can't get up. Get up. But I don't know what I'm doing. Get up. Don't you know how long I've been in this situation? Get up. Do you know what the doctors have been saying? Get up. But my spouse left me. Get up. But my children are not talking to me. Get up. My business folded and I, and I went bankrupt. Get up. They didn't They didn't, uh, repossess my car. Get up. It doesn't matter what it is. Get up. Get up. 
Get out of the valley of think uh, what you're thinking and get back to the mountaintop and recognize the truth of who you are. Get up. So he goes on to say, that's your job, too. Instead of commiserating with someone who is seeking sympathy, be a witness to the truth. Am I willing to be a witness to the truth? That's going to make you particular. People might even say weird when you don't get in the bed with them and with the, with their problems. You know, I jokingly tell people that if you really want to know if people want real help when they call you complaining about stuff and people, primarily people, say, you know what? You're right. We need to address this. This needs to change. Let's start praying right now and just start praying. Don't even ask them if they want to pray. Just start praying. You do that enough. You'll find out if they really want transformation or if they just want to have a pity party and keep talking about the same old mess. Just start praying. You know what? We got to behold the truth about this situation right here and right now. God, da, 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 da. You'd be surprised how that transforms conversations. Yeah, might people might think you're weird, but you know what? But now they know. If you if they're for real about tra- changing their lives, having a real transformation, they're going to welcome the prayer. I walked in and prayed with the most secular people that I've. But you know, somebody you go to hospital visit, and somebody asks you to come and whatever, and like, would you mind if I pray with you? No, 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 go ahead and pray. You couldn't pay some of these people to go to church, and it doesn't matter. Because when the rubber hits the road and people really want something to change, they know that there's somebody or something bigger than you and I at a human personal level. Back to the book. It says, this doesn't mean that you should be inconsiderate of someone's feelings or be without compassion. That's key. Don't beat people up. Don't just blow people off. You got to figure out the sweet spot when it comes to that. It means, however, that you don't become embroiled in a story that says the situation is who this person is. This is why when I walk in the hospital rooms, uh, I always keep in mind what Reverend Coleman used to tell the ministers. If you can't go there and behold the Christ, then don't go. If you can't go in there and not see the tubes and the medicine and the machines and all that, you're not being a stand for their consciousness, for the wholeness. You're not seeing them who they are. You're getting caught up in the appearance. How is that helping somebody? As a, as a minister of truth, my job and our job, he isn't always will be to behold the truth in that situation. All right, moving on. Next page, I mean, not next page, next section, the life of God. Another blessing to any challenge comes that you bring to, to the situation, the life of God. You are the life of God. You are the vitality, energy, and vim of God. Next paragraph. What does it look like to be the life of God? That's a good question. So he covers it on page 125. You are the life of God when you create a childlike, youthful atmosphere around the issues at hand. When you are open, willing, flexible, affirming, and supportive, you are radiating the life of God is all you are and do. I will add 
that the life of God shows up as health, as healing, as energy. You walking around talking about I'm the life of God and barely dragging your feet, dragging your feet, barely lifting your feet up, talking about being the life of God and means you're showing up as health and as wholeness, energy, vitality, vigor. Along with the rest of this stuff that Reverend Gary Simmons wrote. All right. He goes on to say that if people are stuck, bottom of page 125, top of page 126, if people are stuck in how a situation looks or feel, remind them of the infinite possibilities that surround them. God's life is not limited to what's happening right now. If someone gets upset, he wrote, you help him or her look on the bright side and not take too seriously the opinions of those whose only purpose is to rain on the parade. You bring a playful energy to situations that you fill yourself with the awareness that you are the life of God. In other words, don't get stuck. Last point, shifting out of competing intentions. No matter what's going on in your experience, regardless of how you are caught up in relating to the issues at hand, you can free yourself of competing intentions the instant you remember your purpose. If you are upset because your partner is not willing to follow your advice, ask yourself, what is my real purpose in this situation? Your real purpose is not about getting your way about being right. The moment you shift into being the way, the truth, and life of God, something in the outer changes. Why? Because you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And as Emmett Fox wrote, there's no such thing as undemonstrated understanding. So when you shift, life shifts around you. If life isn't shifting around you, some understanding hasn't shifted in you, and power isn't being expressed. You know, you know, uh, you know, I, for whatever reason, this lyric came in my mind, and I'm just gonna say it anyway. It was a song that one of my favorite rappers when I was a kid was a rapper named Big Daddy Kane, and he he said a, a rhyme that just popped in my head just now. He said. Front like you're hitting hard when your arms are too short to box with God. And the point of that is when you're showing up as God in the space, if people are bringing nonsense, look, your arms too short to box with God. And I don't mean that literally mean how are you interfering and in, thinking you can interfere with the agenda of God expressing as me. No, you can't do that. Front like you're hitting hard, but your arms too short to box with God. Anyway, with that, we're going to have to stop there. Do the aware people questions on page 128. Uh, make sure that you do all the aware people questions in the book because they really help you get into the nuts and bolts of the teaching. Be ready for chapter nine next week. Um, I'm looking forward to being with you for the rest of this series without any breaks. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple.
ever notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I will leave this world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things. As she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm. 